1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Whispering, whispering, whispering
0: streets. David.
3: Hello. Eden Slade came out of the mill with a smile on her face and walked down the street. She was tired, yes, but even so she had a spring to her step, but tomorrow was her day off. It was the day she looked forward to every month. The day of adventure piled on adventure, the day on which she was going to New York. As she walked along, her mind went racing on ahead. She was saying something to herself, the same thing she said often to other people. Oh,
1: I get to fed up wearing a bandana and a coverall. And I stop being myself after 29 days. My features all run together. I'm like everybody else in the place. Just a blob. And then, on the 30th day, I take off. And there's no telling what'll happen. There was a time I walked up to the box office at My Fair Lady and got a ticket. One had just been turned in half a minute before. Was I lucky. <laughs> there was a time that woman from Oshkosh thought I looked like her long-lost sister and treated me to dinner at the Aster. And there was a time the sailor took me dancing. Only half my age he was, not quite half my size, but he sure could dance. <laughs>
3: to a beauty shop that was open late, and had her hair touched up and set. She bought a pair of pink nylon stockings. She'd heard about them, but she'd never worn any. And the next morning, she was on a bus. New York, here I come. She got off the bus at high noon, and stood in the center of the terminal, trying to decide whether she'd go east, or west, or north, or south. And as she stood there...
0: Uh, Pardon me, ma'am, but uh, where's that bus going to?
3: You mean the one I
1: came on? Back to gas, still, I guess.
0: Is it a nice place?
1: Nothing wrong with it. Depends on what you're looking for. Well,
0: yeah, I don't much care where I go just for a trip, but I saw you get off the bus and you look different from the other
1: women. Different? Well <laughs> well, you look happier. Well, if you said most anything else, I'd have walked away from you fast, but saying that I looked happier. <laughs> Could be I am, happier. I've got a day off and I'm going to have loads of fun. Where do you live? Here in New York. And you're heading for somewhere else? Isn't that the darn
0: Well, this morning when I woke up, I felt as if I'd explode unless I got out and did something different. I
1: know exactly what you mean. So
0: I came down to the bus terminal. I've been standing here for 20 minutes wondering where to go. And I saw you getting off the bus, and I walked right up to you and spoke, and that's something I never did before. What I mean is spoke to a woman I hadn't met regularly.
1: Maybe I should be flattered.
0: Well, I wouldn't know about that. (laughs) Look, perhaps you think this is a pickup,
1: but it isn't really. (laughs) Am I making sense? Well, Mr., I'll only say this. We're birds of a feather, and I'm not sorry you spoke to me. There, now, I've met you more than halfway.
0: Well, in that case, will you let me buy you a lunch?
1: Well, sure, if you're not going away somewhere. <laughs> of course it is. It'd make talking easier if I knew what to call you. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. I should have introduced myself before this. My name's William Crowley.
1: I'm Edith Slate.
0: Miss Edith Slate? No,
1: Mrs. No. Don't look so down the mouth. I'm a widow. Been one for over 20 years. Well, let's go. Where'd you like to eat? You name it. Since you're not going away, maybe you want some unusual restaurant. Well, let me see. Uh, uh, Do you like Chinese food? Oh, I sure do. And I've seen a Chinese restaurant somewhere around this very neighborhood. Oh,
0: no, I've got a better idea than that. Let's go to Chinatown on one of the sightseeing buses. I've never been to Chinatown.
1: Oh, wait a minute. I just got off a bus. All right, then we'll take a taxi cab. That's a long way. It'll cost a lot of money. Yeah, the sky's the limit
0: today. It's the first time I've ever done anything exciting, and it may be the last, but just this once, I'm gonna live it up. In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back again. But first...
2: Take a trip
0: Plan for a new home Buy a 40-foot yacht Everybody grows old Financial security Plan for retirement your kids to college. Pay off old bills. (laughs) Buy a new car. (laughs) Your money is automatically saved. (laughs) A penny saved is a penny earned. Saving for any reason is easy with the payroll savings plan. Buy and hold United States savings bonds. back to our story with Betty Davis.
3: They took a taxi down to Mott Street. It seemed dirty and smelly, and people appeared to be staring at them through shop windows and from alleys. And Edith Slade moved closer to her escort, and after a slight hesitation, he took her arm in his. She glanced up at him through mascarad lashes. He was a tall, serious-looking man, and when he realized that she was studying him, he blushed And that pleased her inordinately.
1: You like it down here in Chinatown, Miss Laird? I'm scared, but I sort of like it. Listen here, Mr. Crowley. Let's drop the Mrs. and Mr. and be Edith and William like we were friends. Like we were friends? Well, I hope we are friends. Well, it's all right with me. When a man's mister, you never know whether he's married or single. Are you married, William? Would I
0: be going to lunch with you for a word?
1: Now I call that a good answer. (laughs) Have you ever been married, William? No. Why not? I was engaged once, long ago.
0: The girl in question ran off another man, and I promised myself I'd never love again.
1: Now that's a shame.
0: Sometimes a man makes a foolish promise and keeps it without realizing it's foolish until... until what? Until it's most too late to repair the damage. Were you married long? Edith?
1: He was only married a few years, and then my husband was killed in an accident. Just so long ago, I've almost forgotten the color of his eyes.
0: Strange that you never married again.
2: You're so pretty. <laughs> Why, thanks. that <sighs> you never
1: married at all, William. You're so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we're through with the Mutual Admiration Society, we can get down to Brass Tacks. Where'll we eat? Well, I've heard of a good place that's down in a basement. Oh, no basement for me. Not here in Chinatown. We'll eat upstairs and... Listen. Oh, yeah. Edith, do you hear what I hear? Yes. Yeah. Somebody's crying. The sound seems to come from that... that doorway. Maybe we should look inside and see what's wrong. Well... You yeah. no, I'd hate to pass up anyone who needed help. Would
0: you say it's a woman?
1: i don't think so i think it's a kid well i'll look in first and if i don't come back you come after me or call a car now, now wait just a minute ago you were afraid to eat in a basement well this is different this is a kid that's in trouble well so long for a while really. so
0: long nothing i'm coming with you if you think <laughs> i'd let you walk into danger alone you're wrong <laughs>
3: the narrow pavement together and went through the open doorway and into a hall it was darker and even more smelly than the street had been but there was a dim light in the rear so they made their way toward it and as they did the sobbing came closer a stairway ran up into the shadows above but there was a well under it and there they saw the child who looked like something off a chinese fan or a vase with a full satin jacket and narrow dark pants and little embroidered shoes. Edith bent down in front of it and held out her arms. Oh, honey, don't you cry so hard.
2: There's nothing in
1: this world worth crying about. It's not like you're crying.
2: Oh, there, there,
1: honey. Did your mommy spank you? Or your daddy, maybe? Oh, just look at him, William. Poor little nose is running and his eyes are all bleary and swollen. Oh, if he keeps on, he'll make himself sick. You seem to know a lot about children. Do you have children of your own? No, but not because I didn't
2: want
1: them. Why, you sweet little bundle of something or other. Why, he's just a baby, William. There, there, honey, now take it easy and you blow your nose into Edith's handkerchief. There, now, now blow hard. Well, he takes to
0: you for a fact. Seems to understand you <laughs> blowing his nose real
1: hard, just like you said. <laughs> like Your thank are universal. Oh, poor little kid. Could be? A good easy girl, for all I know. The Chinese kids have her dresses like to a certain age. Can we take him to the police, William. Well, why should we? He hasn't done anything. He's got himself law. I tell you what, William, I bet he's hungry. Let's carry him to some restaurant and feed him. You hungry youngster. Oh, I wonder what hungry means in Chinese. <gasps> My gosh, he's nodding his head.
0: You well, know, he was watching me. I was making like I was eating with chopsticks, and he understood. <laughs> okay, then we'll take him to the restaurant. I'll carry him on my shoulder. Hey, would you like
1: that, Sonny, to ride on Uncle Willie's shoulder? You no, know, you're so tall. he thinks that he was way up on the Empire State, so I'll carry him. Look, there we oh, are. Oops, the daisy, kiddo. Oh, why? He's light like a feather. <laughs> no heft to him at all. Oh, he's a doll. He's just a walking, talking doll.
2: Do
0: you want to know what I think, Edith?
1: So are you. Well, I'm a pretty big doll, William, but I'm satisfied if you are. Oh, see how he's cuddled into my neck. Just as if he's known me always.
3: They started off down the street. The Chinese baby. Oh, he couldn't have been more than two years old at the most had his face buried in Enid's shoulder. William walked beside her, feeling strong and protected. They went into the first restaurant they saw, a tiny one, and very underpopulated, for it was early. There was a curio shop in front. The restaurant was in the back. They found an isolated table behind a bamboo screen, and when a soft-footed waiter came, they ordered eggs full young and chicken chop suey and asked him to bring something for the child. The little fellow wasn't crying now, but he refused to leave Edith's lap. It was his haven of refuge. Oh, I wish I could have a Chinese
1: dolly like this to keep, but how could I to take care of him working in a mill all day? That's how I earned my living, William, working in a big sooty mill in Gastonville, Pennsylvania. It's hard work, believe me, long hours.
0: Did you get laid off? Is that why you're here in New York?
1: No, sir, I didn't get laid off. I come here once a month because I get so fed up doing the same thing day after day, looking like everybody else, standing in front of a machine and moving just like the machine does. I uh, lose my identity. My features run together like melted Neapolitan ice cream. Well,
0: I, I I, just can't imagine you working in a factory or a mill. You ought to be in a home. That's where you belong, in a home. <laughs> oh, yeah, so and so. Look, the china doll. He's smiling. He agrees with me. He thinks you should be in a home, too, Edith, and I... Edith,
1: what's the matter with you? Your your face is so white, it's most green. There's two men. Just come through the door. They're advancing on us, and there's fury in their eyes. I think they're going to kill us. Maybe the baby, too. Perhaps by taking him, we got ourselves mixed up in an international plot of... Oh, goodness me, this is an adventure.
0: In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back. The framers of our Constitution gave certain powers to the President. But in 1787, there were many who feared those powers. They campaigned strongly against the Constitution and wanted it voted down. But there were those who answered them with, the Constitution provides that the President shall, after having been elected, take the following oath. I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Thus, we see that he is under strict control of the Constitution. If he should try to deviate from it, he would be impeached or brought before a federal court. Of course, all 13 states eventually voted for the Constitution because they realized that the men who framed it did so not only for themselves, but for the future. We today are that future. And now back to our story with Betty Davis.
3: William Crowley turned in his seat and stared at the two men who looked like the popular motion picture idea of hatchet men. He swallowed hard and started to speak. But Edith beat him to
1: it. Hold everything, William. There's a lady behind him, and she's dressed in white like a trained nurse. Even to a cap on her head. Why, she's an American, thing like we are. A baby, please, don't wiggle so. <laughs> William, he screamed out of my arms. He's running to meet him, and the oldest villain's snatching him up. Well,
0: I'll be darned! That guy's face is splitting up into a big smile, and the one in back of him smiling too.
3: William Crowley was in the terminal, seeing Edith Slade off on the bus. It was mid-evening, but she'd be back in the Pennsylvania town before midnight. It was an express bus. She was loaded down with packages and bubbling over with excitement.
2: Oh, it's been the
1: most wonderful day of my life, William. (laughs) I've never known anything like it, so help me. I was scared for a minute when those two men came toward us in the restaurant. (laughs) but When the nurse, Miss Amy Reed, explained the situation, I stopped being scared.
0: A real nice girl, that nurse.
1: Mm, So nice, I should be jealous.
0: Ah, not that nice. Sure. No woman could be that nice, Edith.
1: Well, I reckon, uh, then I'm satisfied. (laughs) Funny, isn't it? What's funny? That kids are the same the world over.
0: (laughs) Well, it wasn't what I expected you'd say, but I
1: (laughs) guess you're right. Yeah, sure I am. There was Miss Reed taking care of Hop Toy's mommy when she had her new baby, and... Hop-Toy was out of his mind with jealousy.
0: When you talk about Hop-Toy, you mustn't say he is anymore. Hop-Toy's a she.
1: Yeah, sure she is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but Hop-Toy sure sounds like a boy's name. (laughs) (laughs) The new babies are boys, I understand it. That's why I I get mixed up, I suppose. And and in a Chinese family, when the first son comes along, the little daughter's nose is out of joint more than the daughter's nose is usually out of joint.
0: Every man, when he's married, that is, would like to have a son. Oh, Uh, yes? Lou, personally, if I were married, I'd like to have a daughter with yellow hair, just like her mama.
1: (laughs) You don't know much, William. You're that innocent. You might have been born yesterday yourself. Some yellow hair comes out of a bottle.
0: Bright blue eyes don't come out of a bottle, and a pretty smile don't come out of a bottle.
1: Bright blue eyes? When I was younger, my eyes were the brightest blue you ever saw, William. My daddy used to say they were cornflower blue.
0: They're blue enough for me right now.
1: And as for the pretty smile, well... Lots of nights after working up the machine, I haven't the heart to smile. Then
0: you should stay away from the machine. (laughs) I'll always remember how you looked in the restaurant down on Mott Street, holding the little hop toy in your arms cuddling him. Uh, I mean, her. <laughs> Will you not? Know. And I'll always remember how surprised you were when Hot Toys Papa insisted that we come back to their flat.
1: <laughs> there was on the top floor of a tenement, but when you got there, it was like a radiant night. Yeah, well, they're rich as all get out. Importers of something the grandpa told
0: me. And your eyes filled with tears when he gave you the pearl earrings. They looked just like
1: violets underwater. You can be real poetic, William, when you try hard enough.
0: And when they loaded you down with Chinese cookies and the big doll dressed in clothes like hot to a warrior, you, you couldn't hardly say thank you. And when they showed you the new baby, you burst right out crying and oh,
1: oh, William, look at the clock. It's time for my bus to leave. Gastonville, here I come.
0: Edith have you got to take
1: this bus? Yes, I've got to. All the other buses are slow as molasses in January. This one's an express. Then maybe, William, I'll see you when I come on next month. You'll
0: see me when you come on next week. See me for Keith's. You'll give your notice tomorrow, honey.
1: Oh, I can't stand another minute, but... William, are you proposing to me? What do you think? Well, I know I think. I know what I think, and the answer is Yes. I'll be meeting you right here, William, a week from today.
2: Don't you dare forget.
3: Sometimes adventure comes unexpectedly, just as love comes, just as a baby comes. From our everywhere, into the here. And sometimes a nurse in a white dressing cap can furnish a needed explanation that will save the day. Miss Amy Reed, R.N., had a gift for giving explanations. Amy Reed always happened to be right there when the final clue had to be slipped in place, like the final fragment of a jigsaw puzzle. This is Betty Davis. Saying goodbye from the Whispering Streets.
0: Today's program was written by Margaret E. Sangster. Featured in the cast were Irene Tedrow, Parley Bear, and Mary Lansing. Whispering Streets was directed by Gordon T. Hughes and produced by Ted Lloyd. The announcer is George Walsh. Whispering Street has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.